You can be seated. Second Timothy. New series. Uh, we've been talking, we, we began last week and, and really kind of talked about the theme of Second Timothy is to fulfill your ministry. The Apostle Paul is, is writing Timothy and Timothy's discouraged. Timothy is, is dealing with a bunch of stuff. Um, that doesn't happen to pastors anymore. But, but back in that day, uh, Timothy was, was, was really in danger, I, I think, and, and it seems to be that way from the way Paul writes, uh, of just calling it quits. Just saying, you know what, that, that's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go on and sell cars. Well, they didn't have those. I'm going to go sell chariots. Yeah. And so the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to encourage him. But before we launch into the message this morning, I, I have to ask, does anybody in here have dogs? Anybody? Do, do your dogs ever try to take your food? Does, does that happen? Well, I, I didn't ask permission for this, so I, I may be in trouble later. But um, we were eating pizza in the living room, and, and I had to do something. I, I had to go outside or answer the door. I don't know what it was. And I had my plate of pizza in my hand. And I turned to my family, and I said, will you watch this for me? And they said, yes. So I put it on the coffee table, and when I went out and came back, it was empty, and our dog Spock was eating my pizza. And I said, I thought I asked you guys to watch my plate. And they said, we did. <laughs> so I've learned now um, that, that I need to say something like this. Will you guard my food? Right? Don't, don't let the dog eat my food. And my family's real quiet, so I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> Will you watch my plate? Sure. He just jumped up, took it, and ran away. Any <laughs> of you watch your weight like that? <laughs> I watch my figure too. Like, you know, goes and so, so the Apostle Paul's writing to Timothy, and, and, and really as he begins this letter, after he gets past the, the greeting, he really gets to a place where he tells Timothy, Timothy, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. That, that's the message this morning. So turn with me, if you would, to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to be in verses 3 through 18. So let's see who gets there first. Any of you ever do Bible drill? Well, if you're not there now, you're, you're late. I cheat. Um, if you put that little thing uh, in your Bible, that helps. So, so let's read together 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. The Apostle Paul says this, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality and light through the gospel. 
for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I believed, and I am convinced that He is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted you. You are aware that all who were in Asia turned away from me, among whom are this is you ever look for names for any of you any of you expecting a grandkid maybe? Jay? Jay, are you expecting a grandkid? Yeah? Here's a good name. Phygelus. You got that? P H Y G E L U S. You're not writing that down. Phygelus. And Hermogenes. I think she was in a movie. Um, That was Hermione. Never mind. May the Lord grant you mercy to the household of Anisiphorus, (laughs) for he has often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. So we are uh, taking communion today, the Lord's Supper. So uh, let me just tell you before we, we get there, if you've made a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we invite you uh, to participate with us uh, when we get to that. But, but, but I want to hit some highlights of this passage for you. I, I think this is important for us to remember. We are pulled from almost every direction in this society that we live in. And in at least here in New Mexico, I've been here long enough that I don't know what it's like in other places anymore. But but at least here in New Mexico, most people are open to spiritual things, all kinds of weird spiritual things. We need to guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to us. And as I began to read this weeks prior and think through, what is Paul talking about, the good deposit? You could take that as meaning the gospel just in a very broad sense. Timothy, the gospel has been entrusted to you. Remember, Timothy's a pastor. Paul's writing to encourage him. And it could be that the good deposit is really the gospel all-encompassing. Timothy, this has been entrusted to you. Guard that. But I think Paul helps us out a little bit in this passage. And he gives us four things that, that, that to me kind of flesh this out a little bit before he gives Timothy this charge to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to him. The first one is sincere faith. If you notice, he begins in verse 5. He said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you. You've probably heard this before. That word sincere, it means really without hypocrisy. The idea kind of behind this was they would make these clay pots and sometimes as you made them and as you fired them, there would be a crack that, that, that happened in them and, and they, would, they would melt some wax and they would use wax to kind of seal the crack. But if you held it up to the light, you could see that. That was not sincere. That was that was. That was filled in. That, that wasn't pure. That wasn't honest. That, that wasn't for real. And, and when Paul writes to Timothy, he says, I know, listen Timothy, I know that this sincere faith, faith was entrusted to you. That it dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. I, I love this. I didn't grow up in church. Uh, but when I became a believer and began reading, I read that and I thought, that's, that's awesome. My grandma's name is Lois. 
So it was my mom. Her name was Lois. Back in that day, you could name mother and daughter Lois because you called them by two names. It was Lois Marie and Lois Evelyn. <laughs> he says, this, I know that a sincere faith was entrusted to you. It dwelt first in your grandmother and then in your mother, and it has been passed on to you. Timothy, guard your faith. And then he says, in verse 6, he talks about the gift of God. We mentioned this last week. He says, For this reason I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's saying, Timothy, I was, I was there. We know that God has gifted us with spiritual gifts. And, and Timothy, as I prayed for you and laid hands on you, you received that gift. Timothy, guard the gift of God that was given to you. He tells him, fan it into flames. Keep it burning. Don't let it grow cold. And then he mentions the holy calling. He says in verse 9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling. And we mentioned that Paul here kind of reiterates Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, verse 10. Not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Listen, God has called you with a calling, not because of who you are, but because of who He is. Timothy, guard your calling. And then he says, finally, uh, he talks about sound words in verse 13. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul says, listen, Timothy... Not only have you been entrusted with a sincere faith, you have been entrusted with the gift of God, you've been entrusted with a holy calling, but Timothy, I know that you have been entrusted with sound words because I am the one who taught you. Timothy, remember the sound words that you received from me, that you heard from me. Guard those. And so the same charge that Paul gives Timothy, I I want to give to us. We... Listen, we live in a wacko world. Recent days, I've read some things that kind of give me hope that maybe the pendulum is coming back toward the middle. But we live in a crazy world, and we are bombarded by what the world teaches all the time. One of the best things that happened with the power outage was we didn't have internet at home. Now, we still got these little mini computers that we carry around in our pockets. And I don't know if you realize, you can actually make phone calls with these, if you, if you forgot that. Unless it's my, my phone was acting weird through all that. Cynthia said, well, what she implied was, are you not answering when I call? <laughs> my, my phone's being weird. So we are bombarded. And, and, you know, we would love to say, I, I, I love doing it all the time. I'll walk by and there will be someone about my age who's not a teenager, in case you're wondering, about my age, and they're over there on their phone. And I go by all the time and I say, these teenagers and their telephones. We all have information at our fingertips all the time. And, and the world uses that to, to press in on us. Paul says, don't conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so let, me, let me charge you with the same thing that Paul charged Timothy. First of all, let me charge you to guard your faith. Listen, don't neglect your relationship with God. That, 
Anybody get bored during the power outage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't raise your hand, but she told me, Dad, I'm bored. It was, it was so bad, she almost wished school was back. And that would have been okay if school had come back before we got power, but we got power before school came back. So We are so busy. It's easy for us to neglect our relationship with God. Let me charge you to guard your faith. Don't neglect your relationship with God. Press into God. Spend time with Him in prayer and in His words. Spend time with other believers in Bible studies. Spend time here. You guys, you know, you talk about preaching to the choir, but to don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together as is the habit of some, the writer of Hebrews says. But guard your faith. Don't neglect your relationship with God. Press into relationship with God. Don't ever let that Secondly, guard your gift. We talked about this last week, but I just want to remind you that three things. First of all, discover it is what your gift, or some people have, have several gifts. Discover your gift. Cultivate your gift. That is, just because you have the spiritual gift of teaching doesn't mean that you don't need to be trained more as a teacher. Cultivate it. Sharpen it. And then finally, use it. Put it into practice. Find somewhere to to, to begin to use your spiritual gift. Try it out. But don't neglect your gift. Guard your gift. God has given you at least one spiritual gift because He intends to use it and use you in this world. Third, guard your calling. And I know what you may be saying. No, no. Pastors have callings, but we don't have callings. Yes, yes, you do. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus calls each one of us. And and very simply, our call is to make disciples. And, And that's a calling that every single one of us has. He's given us pastors and teachers, and he goes on and says prophets and apostles and all those. He's given us these guys, us guys, for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. But listen, you are called to do the work of the ministry. Make disciples. The way that we say it here is leading people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Guard your calling. What What do you mean by that, Pastor Larry? Don't let busyness, and don't let the stuff of life squeeze that out. Remember why you're here. I know. um, You have to make a living. We all need food. We found out this week we all, it's helpful to have some power. There's stuff that we just have to do in life. But don't forget why you're here. You see, all of that other stuff is peripheral. Making disciples is your calling. Don't forget. And then finally, guard your teaching. You may be saying, I'm not a teacher. Well, first of all, I disagree. People are watching you all the time. 
If you're not teaching, you should. That's in the Great Commission. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. That's not the kind of teaching necessarily I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is something we might call doctrine. What it is that, that you believe. <clears throat> and, and I know because I love listening to podcasts and, and I have, if you're not signed up for Right Now Media, let me know. We'll, we'll get your email address. And, and it's thousands of video Bible studies. Those are pretty solid. But I know you can go on the internet or you can watch late night TV. You, can, you, can get, you have information to all of these guys. But listen... You need to make sure that the teaching you're getting lines up with God's Word. You need to make sure that that happens here. You need to make sure it happens in any small group, in any Bible study, in any podcast, in any video Bible study, any any Bible study that you get. You need to make sure that the teaching that you're getting lines up with God's Word. Guard your teaching. Because we live in a world... I've said this for a long time. Satan will feed you a ton of truth if with it he can get you to eat an ounce of lie. You want me to say that again? Satan will feed you a ton of truth if with it he can get you to eat an ounce of lie. I used to hate true-false questions when I was in school. They could be a paragraph long and one word makes that whole thing false. It's the same with teaching. There can be a lot of stuff that's true. Oh, and then they throw this little twist in here. Guard your teaching. We need always to remember that we have been entrusted with this deposit. For, for some of you, maybe you grew up in Christian homes. That, that's amazing. I, I know I have a Christian heritage, even though I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My aunt and my grandmother are the ones that, that led me to the Lord. You've been entrusted with that. Whoever it was, however that came about, when you came to faith in Christ, you've been entrusted with that. You've had people pour into you. God Himself has poured into you by giving you a spiritual gift. He has called you to a holy calling. That, that means a calling that's set apart. That's something that's different than this world. It's the reason we're here in this world. And then finally, you have been entrusted with sound teaching. Guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. And remember that it wasn't given so that you can hang on to it and that you can keep it. It was given because you, we're going to see in 2 Timothy chapter 2 in a few weeks, you were called to do the same, to invest in others. You know, that's our strategy. Invest, invite, do life through Christ. Don't get distracted by the world. Guard the good deposit that's been entrusted to you. Let's pray. Father, I I know that, boy, this is something that's easy to say on a Sunday, but it's a lot harder to live out on a Monday. We can know and understand here, Lord, that, that, that you've called us. You've gifted us. 
that, that, that you have saved us, that, that there is a, a faith within us that, that makes us different. You've changed us from the inside out. Lord, that people have poured into our lives with sound teaching. And that, that all of that isn't for our benefit only. If that were true, then, Lord, when we come to faith in Christ, you'd just take us on to heaven. But the reason we're here is because there are people who need to hear the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. And God, there are things that we have to do in the world to live. We have to, to work and, and make money and they're just the, the stuff of life that we have to do. But Father, help us to remember that that's not the substance of life. That the reason that we're here is because you've called us to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. To make disciples. Father, don't ever let us forget that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.